What's up, witches, and welcome to Witch Space. I'm Gemini. And I'm Scorpio. Very excited because I got to interview Des from Necromancy Cosmetica, who is just one of the most amazing people that I've ever gotten the chance to talk to. Great makeup line, and just thrilled to be able to have this for you guys. So the interview is kind of long, but it's totally worth it. Definitely stick around and listen to the entire thing. You're going to love it. And, and away we go. All right, and here I am with Des from Necromancy Cosmetica. Thank you so much for being here. For inviting me. Here, coming to you live, well, not live, it's recorded from Rio Piedras, Puerto Rico. Yes. <laughs> and we're here to talk about all things glamour. So right. the last episode um, was all about Deborah Castellano's glamour magic and about really getting your truth out and being your authentic self and doing your great work. And one of the best ways that we do that is to feel good about ourselves. And your line does it. So tell me how you got started. Okay, so definitely on that line, you know, um, Necromancy Cosmetica started in 2015. Um, our intention with the brand, you know, I, to me, it's kind of self-explanatory, the name, you know, but our intention was to basically bring you back to life with our products. Um, we wanted to make you feel like you are full of life and beauty uh, with our products. So that's how necromancy started. Um, so we, we wanted to offer like a very nice range of shades that weren't easy to find back then in 2015 that were vegan and cruelty free. Um, but also, you know, to have these colors that might not be like usual your usual makeup shades you know we started off with deadly nightshade and necromantia and all those colors that are like very unique in our brand um and just recently we launched our first eyeshadow palette which is a gothic romance in which we poured our heart and souls into you know um it was a project that took more than two years, almost three years to develop and make happen. So we're very proud and very happy that it's out there and that people are loving it. Yeah. <laughs> so, but why makeup? Like what made you think about makeup? Well, um, I studied, I went to school for art and then I went to school for cosmetology and makeup has been like my number one thing since I was a kid. You know, my mom is this beautiful glam lady that's always like very like she has her hair all colorful and she's like always wearing makeup. So I grew up like seeing this as an art form. Um, I've always loved makeup and I've always seen it like a magical tool, you know, because um, you literally transform yourself with makeup. So that to me is like mind-blowing. You know, you can become another person by just putting some makeup on. Um, or at least that's how I feel. Whenever I put makeup on, I feel like I look so different. And so many people look at me and they're like, oh my God, you you look like a different person when you're wearing like a, a lot of makeup versus like what I'm wearing right now that it's a little blush and that's it. Um, so to me, makeup has always been like a tool that inspires and transforms. So it was a no brainer to me that I wanted to have my own makeup brand. 
<laughs> so um, when we, uh, when I started dating Sal, I told him that I wanted to create my own makeup brand. And he was that push that I needed. He was like, let's do it. And I was like, but how are we going to do it? And he's like, we'll figure it out. Like, let's figure out how to do it and let's make this happen. Because if you want to do that, I'm going to help you. So that's how we started, like, um, researching, like, doing all this um, experiments. Because we literally started experimenting with ingredients and different, like, uh, looking up to different brands and like, I want my products to be like similar to this and consistency, but have like this and that. Um, so we started like tweaking a formula that we created until we had like this formula that's available for everyone to purchase right now. Um, we have been working together since before it started. Um, so Sal is definitely my, my number one and my number two when it comes to uh, the whole business and, you know, personal life as well. <laughs> um, yeah, we've been working together since 2013. So we work really well together. We used to work in a retail store before Necromancy and I was one of his bosses. So we've always worked really well together. Um, so at the time he says he's now the boss. Um, but so when, when we decided to make this happen, it all like started like getting into place really smoothly and really nicely. Um, so it's been like literally effortless in that sense, you know, not in like, obviously it has been bumpy and we've been through a lot of things being here in Puerto Rico, uh, has been like very chaotic for the brand um but we definitely you know work very well together so it it all comes you know together nicely and we are able to conceptualize together we have like the same views about the brand we have the same ideas about what we want and and we have the same aesthetic we have the same taste so it's really nice and and cool you know so the design. So I love the packaging. I want to talk about Gothic Romance, but first I want to talk about the lipsticks. And one of the right. things I like about the lipsticks is that this idea of transformation, you can go from something that is, seems kind of everyday, but really the colors, they're not. Like they are every day. They're my every day. Like I'm wearing Terra Matter now. Yeah, I decided to do a whole, I even have the, the eyeshadow on. Um, but like, it gives me the extra punch I want that I'm not going to find in another brand, right? This might seem like a very, um, I mean, what is it? How do you describe the color of Terra Matter? Ha. Well, Terra Matter is one of, it's my favorite shade of the 32 shades that we have. Um, actually, because it's such a unique color it's a brown but it has a gray undertone as well as a green undertone um we when we were formulating that shade i wanted it to be like um this neutral tone for people that have like a green undertone on their skin like an olive under undertone so i work a lot with the undertones which I think is the punch that you're talking about. Um, I do like 
if you see my my recipe book because i have like a recipe book for each uh sheet if you see my recipe book you'd be so impressed with how many pigments go into making one shade like the other day i had a friend um which i'm trying to train because we need to start expanding our production line um and my friend was with me and she was like so impressed with uh, the ingredient list for an, a Naked Witch. Cause Naked Witch is like a very pale nude and you would never guess that it has like a magenta pigment. It has orange pigments. It has a lot of pigments that you don't see at first sight when you see the lipstick, but all the undertones are there. So that's why, you know, the colors look so, different on each person and how they kind of transform depending on the person that's wearing them. Uh, so that's really cool to me that you can have, like we can both be wearing the exact same shade and it'll look different because of our skin tones and stuff. Um, so that's really cool. And that's where I feel like I'm, I'm, you know, the alchemist um, behind, you know, this, this really cool, um, makeup form, you know, I'm trying to bring colors that are not, you know, even if they kind of look similar to some other uh, brand shades, um, they're not going to be the same, you know, that's, that's for sure, you know, there's not going to be two Terra Matters out there, because, you know, it's, our, our colors have, like, this special um, formulation that I take so much care and love into like making them that I know that it's you can't find anything like ours you know out there <laughs> very proud of that <laughs> yeah you should be and you know for people who may be shy about makeup there's a lipstick for you and you're yeah. going to feel amazing because everything you just said like yeah it's it seems like it's really neutral, but then it's just, just something about it. You just fall in love. So yeah. definitely give the lipsticks a shot. Who designed the boxes? So the boxes has like a little dead girl on them. I think yeah. she's so cute. I hate throwing away the boxes, by the way. When I get the lipstick, I'm like, but how many can I keep? So um, yeah, who designed all that? Well, um, the boxes, we, it actually was a funny thing because we we spend so much time like conceptualizing everything we do like the names the the aesthetic of the whole thing you know everything we think so much before we put out so the boxes uh we when we started we didn't have a box for the lipsticks when we first started in 2015 we only had like a black tube which we would engrave uh with uh necromancy little logo and then we went from that to having our own like costume made lipstick um, holders that are the ones that are out there right now. Um, and when we did that transition from the plastic black solid tube that we used to engrave to one that came in with the logo and stuff like we would have it made like that before it was shipped to us. Um, when we made that transition, we were like, we need a box cause you know, lipsticks should be like inside a box. So we were looking for different designs and we talked to a lot of, uh, graphic designers from the Island and we started getting like sketches and stuff. And we would explain the concept of our brand to some artists and they would do like 
skulls and stuff. And then we were like, we had, we had this amazing graphic designer, which was the person who designed our logo as well. Um, Jose Eto, he's amazing and we love him so much. Um, so Jose Eto was not very confident about doing the box for us because we wanted uh, something like we wanted to make like a damask print and blah, blah, blah. That's what we had in mind back then. And then we, we spent so much time like trying to find the perfect art that we were like, you know what, dude, do whatever you want. Like do something, do whatever you want and show it to us and we'll see what comes from there. And when he did that drawing of that like dead girl in a coffin, we were like, wow, this is the like the best thing ever. Like this is the absolute best and most beautiful thing we've seen. Like this is so cool because he has this really unique um, art. You know, he's he's a very cool artist and I compare him a lot to Mark Radin and his like way of drawing and like digital art and when he presented me this box i was like blown away so we just uh tweaked a couple of things and we've kept that same box ever since but we always change the lip color of the girl whenever we do a new batch of boxes we change the lip color um but everything else stays the same we love that little dead girl in our box <laughs> so cool we've we've been adding like different elements to the box like we then added the bury me in the shade uh which was actually a comment a uh, customer made in one of the uh, posts that we we posted something and she was like oh my god bury me in the shade and i was like that's so cool and then i i talked to her like would you mind if we put this in our boxes because we really love this and it made total sense with the little doll, like dead doll in the box. So we added that element um, and we have had like glossy boxes and then matte boxes, but we love that like beautiful doll so much that we've kept her like in, in untouched, you know? <laughs> awesome, yeah, she's great. And now talking about great packaging, the eyeshadow palette that launched last month, that is, I mean, the colors are gorgeous, but the packaging, I've never seen packaging like that for eyeshadows. One, it's a, actually an eyeshadow palette that you can take with you anywhere because it's not big and clunky. And the title, Gothic Romance, and it's like, it's the shape of a little book that you have to un, unpack. I just think that's great. How did you come up with the idea for a Gothic Romance? Well, a Gothic Romance, like I said before, it had been on the works for like over two years. Um, we, I feel like the most challenging part was definitely the packaging, um, because we had the color story that we wanted, like, I, I can say like since 2018, we had this color story that was the one that we were going for, for our first palette, but the packaging, we wanted something very special because We've been a brand for six years now. And I know like we've seen so many people asking for a new product. And, you know, since we're a very small brand, it had been like very difficult to make that happen uh, because, you know, all the lipsticks are handmade. 
by myself. Um, Sal really works more on the like shipping and like customer service and website and like whole uh, financial stuff of the company. And then I work more on the whenever we're developing colors and stuff like that. That's my thing mostly. And I just bring to sell whatever I'm thinking of and he'll help me like develop the whole concept and stuff. So when we were trying to figure out how we wanted the packaging to look like, um, I knew that I didn't want something traditional. Um, I didn't want like this palette that has a little flap and then you open up and there's the shades because I wanted something, I wanted to give you an experience, you know? Um, so we looking into that like whole experience thing we were like okay so it would be something that you would be able to carry nicely because i have the issue i love makeup so whenever i travel i carry a ton of makeup and there's a lot of palettes and then there's no space in my bag to put anything else other than the palettes because they're huge and they take so much space um, so I was like, okay, one of my biggest issues when traveling is the palette. So I want a small palette that you can like travel with easily, not necessarily carry in your bag, but travel with easily. Um, so I was like, okay, so how can we make this happen? And then there's a couple of brands that have like small, unique packagings. So we started looking into those and like, what? makes these packagings special and then i was like okay we have to make our packaging magnetic so you can refill the packaging and we started like brainstorming all this like ideas of what a great packaging should be and then we landed on okay so this is like the accordion uh shape that it has you know the the way that it opens up and then we presented that to a friend which is the one who helped us design the whole book uh, aesthetic. Um, he saw the packaging. He's like, this needs to be a book. Like there's no way around it. It's a book. And we were like, yeah. And we started showing him like all the references we had for the book cover and stuff like that. And then we, when we had the whole concept of a gothic romance, it just made a total sense. You know, it's like a, a literature, um, it's, it's a genre of literature. So we would want a book to represent that genre of literature. Um, and then we talked to a local artist, which we love a lot, um, to have her design the whole back of the palette which is the flowers and stuff and we explained to her like okay so this is a romantic story which has like sat a sad ending there's tragedy and there is love and there's we we conceptualized this like i feel like we wrote a story in our heads uh when we were developing the whole like book and the names of the shades you know because that's very important uh, for us. Uh, the The shade names are like everything for us. Um, and we, we take so much time into like naming the colors because to me, that's like 90% of, of the product, you know, the name that it has, like how it sounds, uh, what it inspires you, you know, and it took us, 
a long time, but you know, we're very satisfied with how it came out. I feel like people are definitely getting the idea behind the concept. Um, we haven't had to explain to people what a Gothic romance is or, or, you know, cause our customers are into that as, as well as we are. So, uh, we've had a very, very great feedback of the product and of the packaging and of the whole concept. And I feel like people really fell in love with, with this product and it's definitely what we were looking for. We can't wait to put something else out there and keep blowing minds. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you've definitely kicked everything up a notch now. Like everybody else should be looking at this and saying, why are they putting out the same old, same old? Um, so tell me about some, you mentioned the names. So tell people some of the names and the colors that they go with. Okay. So there's Fantasma, which is like the palest one in the, in the palette. Um, Fantasma is ghost in Spanish. Um, so that shade is a, like a transitional shade. Um, which made total sense to me that, you know, the shade that kind of disappears, it's a uh, ghost, uh, Fantasma. So we have infatuation, which is the red. Um, we thought about like, when you're infatuated, you get like all like cheeks, like all red and stuff. Um, so we, it, to, to us, it was a no brainer to name uh, a red after, you know, we were looking for a like, the red should be like the passion element of the book, you know, cause we have, I'm going to open it here. I know this is not going to have a visual element <laughs> to it, but right. you know, just for my sake. Um, so we wanted to basically give you a story, like uh, a storyline behind the colors and even like the way they're laid out in the, in the book. Um, so we start with like infatuation and velvet thorns was our like the sexy colors. Um, then melancholy and candlelight are more like a kind of sad, getting into the sad mood of, of the palette. Then wilted roses and penumbra are like the saddest, like there's a tragedy going on there. And then burial ground, of course, you know, the tragedy just uh, happened. And then Fantasma is like, what's left, you know? Um, so basically, um, we wanted to be able to give you a product that you could read technically, um, that you could create your own story with, that you could get inspired uh, by, and, you know, not just a bunch of colors with names like red or like cherry red or whatever, you know? We, we wanted to inspire more than just give you a product that you will put in your face and that's it you know we're always looking to inspire the people that buy the products from us not just we're not just putting products out there that's why we take so long to develop these um that's why we took so long to name the colors that's why we take so long with whenever we're like creating a whole like aesthetic for a new product, you know, we take our time because we want it to be an experience. We want it to be inspirational. We want it to be something that you want to keep and that you want to like show to everybody like, oh my God, look at this cool palette that I just bought, you know? And I feel like we definitely hit that notch, you know, that the whole uh, 
cool and fun, but at the same time, like very uh, romantic packaging. Um, so yeah, we're very like very excited to to see where the next palette takes us. You know, <laughs> I think that you really nailed it on the head. When people buy makeup from you, especially this palette, they're buying art. They're not just buying something they can use. They can't. It's art you can use. And yeah. I think that's why people appreciate it so much. And I love how you went into the colors because I got it and I loved it, but I didn't really look at it that way, which if my students heard me, they would kill me right now because right now we're doing um, reading a film and they're like, how do you read a film? And I'm like, well, let me tell you how. And we're doing Night of the Living Dead now. And um, so wait till I bring in my, my makeup and say, you know what else you could read? They're going to say, okay, oh, that's, that's too much awesome. now. Gonna, but I think that'll be really cool to show them that reading into things and really looking at things when someone makes something, any type of art, and make, like you said, makeup is art. Yeah. When you take that kind of care, read into it because there's more to it than just here are some colors, put it on your face. Yeah. Right. And I think that's what people are appreciating about this palette, that they can see the love and the attention that you've put into it. And it's exciting to get something like that, to own something like that. Thank you so, so much. Yeah. yeah. So you mentioned future palettes. Is there anything you want to talk about or is it still two under wraps? Um, it's, yeah, it's very, um, well, I can't say it's very new because we have a very weird creative way of uh, conceptualizing our stuff. So we have been like flirting with the second palette before a Gothic romance came out. So we've had like some of the colors that we want to be in the palette. We already have, um, we do kind of have the idea behind the concept, um, but we're not like a hundred percent there yet. Um, I can say that it'll be mostly nature inspired. Um, so it's gonna have like cool greens and browns. That's, um, that's what we're sure about. Um, so we're working on another book. So it'll be hopefully like a little library of eyeshadow palettes. I um, love that. Yeah. So um, that's basically, you know, the, what we're giving more thought to right now. We're also having like to think about the production of lipsticks. Cause like I said, all lipsticks are handmade. Uh, the eyeshadow palette is not handmade by us. We contracted a contract manufacturer for this. Um, and this is like just a step for us to keep growing as a company. Cause we wanted to bring out a new product but we knew that it wouldn't be responsible for us to try and make that as well because uh, fortunately, the demand for a product is pretty high. So right now we do have like five shades in stock from the, 20, the 32 shades that we offer. So you can imagine like trying to make another product um, would be insane. So we had to make the decision to find a manufacturer that would work with vegan pigments that that was uh, cruelty free certified that what's in the United States that would work with whatever I gave them like um, that could do the color matching with the shades that I sent their way um, so that everything could go like as seamless as possible. And I feel like we also uh, achieved that um, 
you know, the, the company that we're working with is very good. So we're uh, considering if maybe the lipsticks will also be made by them or if we're going to keep making the lipsticks handmade and then all the new products that we'll be launching, they're going to be making because they can make a lot more production than I can. Like the capacity of my production is really small. Um, I feel like it's so small, it's ridiculous. Um, Cause like I do lipsticks 12 by 12, like tw wow. I do 12 at a time. So it's like, we have 32 colors and sometimes I do a hundred of each and I'm doing them in batches of 12. So I take a lot of time in this production and it's only me. So um, it has become a little issue because people are trying to buy stuff that it's not available. Um, and, you know, it's really cool that we do all things handmade, but, you know, some people uh, don't really care much about that. And they're like, yeah, but like, when am I going to be able to buy <laughs> stuff from you, you know? So um, we're definitely going to keep that handmade uh, aspect in our brand in some way. If even if we start making the lipsticks in a manufacturer, like in a bigger factory, um, we will have batches of handmade products always, even if it's like a, a costume shade or like a different version of a shade or whatever, but we do want to keep that because definitely we feel like that's what makes us really special that, you know, we are able to craft these items and like offer you something that has been literally touched by me with the best energy and the love that I pour into this products, you know, so we definitely want to keep that element. Um, but we also want to keep growing as a brand, of course. Um, so we have to like find that balance between handmade and like big manufacturing. Um, even though we're not like producing thousands and thousands of, of units, we kind of, you know, it's different the the manufacturing process in 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 my lab than in their lab you know because right well i i i know that to me it's more than a product to them it's like it's they're making a product and they're just doing something to sell um to me it's more of a personal thing you know like i said i i pour so much into these that I believe that it's important to keep that element of, you know, of handmade and, and magical loving <laughs> for the products. I agree. I think that's a great, a great way to look at it. Cause I, I think you're right. When people are making things in a company, it's not going to be the same, yeah. you know, it's, it's not going to be the same kind of love. Definitely. Um, so you're based in Puerto Rico. Yes. Do you find that, I know the internet lets us connect, like we're connecting right now, yeah. but being set off of the mainland, has that ever been a hindrance or has that kind of been like a creative help to like not be influenced by being able to get in your car and zoom to a different state or something like that? Um, it definitely makes things harder in a way because um, we don't have access to, for example, when I was looking into a manufacturer, we don't have those here. So I had to source 
to California to make that happen. Um, and the same with packaging, you know, you don't have a lot of packaging companies here. So you have to outsource somewhere else and you have to wait for things to get here. And sometimes they take longer because we're in Puerto Rico and like, uh, that definitely is, uh, it makes things more difficult. Um, other than, you know, just being on this island that is chaotic island. Because, you know, it so many things going on all the time here. You know, we've since we've opened up, we had Maria. Uh, after We opened our shop four months before Maria. So we were just like so in love with our new store. And then Maria happened. And then everyone, uh, like on our street, everyone left. So right now, wow. our street is like us. We're there. We're still there, but there's no one else. Um, so it's definitely, you know, we've been through so many things like all the protest for the governor to get him out of the chair, which we did. Um, all the COVID thing, with, which was worldwide. But, you know, I feel like uh, being here made it more difficult to definitely, you know, connect with other people. Um, because you know, it's, it's either online or you have basically nothing. And in our situation is that, you know, being like a Gothic inspired brand on an Island is really weird for some people. <laughs> so we don't get much love from our fellow Puerto Ricans. We do have, uh, a big base of people that love us but when you look at the orders and stuff like we sell so much more outside of the island than here um even having the shop here um we know that this is not what people are used to seeing in puerto rico you know we are definitely the weirdos here <laughs> and you know that's um that's something that does kind of present a little difficulty for us because you know not a lot of people identify with what we offer um, here on the island but we do get like a lot of tourists and we get a lot of people that like yourself that are Puerto Rican but don't live here that find so cool that there's a Puerto Rican brand that represents them you know um, we have so many people that are from Texas, from New York, from Orlando, but they're like Puerto Ricans that have lived there their entire lives. And they're like, oh my God, it's so cool to have a Puerto Rican brand representing like the goths and the weirdos. Um, so that definitely is really cool for us. And I love that some people don't know that we're Puerto Rican. And when they find out, they're like, what? You're from Puerto Rico. I would never, like, I would have never thought that you were Puerto Rican because they would expect like neons and like, you know, tropical vibes from us, um, which is, it, it's, it's really funny because we're not like that at all, you know? I do love like salsa music and I do love my, my Puerto Rican, you know, roots. And, and I'm very like, I'm into the beach and into the forest and into the lakes and into all that. You know, we have a very rich culture here in Puerto Rico. But I feel like we're not just a tropical creature, you know, we're much more than that. And like we were talking before 
we started recording, um, I feel like our, our roots are so rich and so full of incredible, you know, cultures. We have the Tainos, we have the Africans, we have the Spaniards, we have so many um, different roots and stuff in our culture that it's much more than just tropical colorful stuff you know um i feel like there's a lot of santeria in our roots uh there's a lot of witchcraft in our roots um there's catholicism there's a lot of of different you know things that definitely you know involve being a puerto rican um and we just didn't choose the traditional tropical vibe to represent our brand because we're not like that and we wanted our brand to be a mirror of who sal and i are as people uh who what we believe it's important in makeup because you know there's uh this misconception that makeup is a very um shallow art because you're trying to look pretty or whatever but what is beauty you know like what's beauty because what's beauty for me is not necessarily the same for you you know and i have a lot of customers for example that don't wear a lot of makeup i do have like this fabulous makeup artists that do like badass looks with with our products and we love that too but we have a lot of customers that are not necessarily makeup artists uh, or makeup enthusiasts we have a lot of uh customers that just love our products and they use our products because they they feel nice when they put them on you know and that's what we wanted you know we wanted to like i said create an experience you know create a whole like meaning behind what is beauty and what is beautiful for you and for me and what makes you feel beautiful not necessarily having a full face of makeup is gonna make you look beautiful but maybe putting a little bit of blush or a little bit of lipstick or you know just having a product that makes you feel something you know just that you know it's it's so um I don't know, like, I feel like we're not um, into the whole tropical aesthetic, but we are much more than an aesthetic per se, you know? We're not just like a goth brand, you know? We're trying to evoke certain things through our art, like you said. And there's a difference between just makeup and art. And that's why, yeah, yeah yours definitely transcends what makeup is and, and goes into the realm of art. What I think is interesting, you know, I guess I was surprised when you said about the reception you have in Puerto Rico, because one of the things on the mainland is that, you know, what I often get from people, they're like, oh, you're Puerto Rican, you don't look Puerto Rican. And I always say, oh, so what should I look like? And that's when people realize whatever I say is going to sound racist. So they just stop. Yep. You know? Yep. Um, and yet when I go to Puerto Rico, I never get the oh, she must be a tourist. Like people just speak to me in Spanish and it's such a relief yeah. to just look how whatever I choose to look like and not have somebody go, you don't look Puerto Rican because when you get to Puerto Rico, we look a whole bunch of different ways. There's you know? so many ways. <laughs> There's so many ways to be a Puerto Rican, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, but, I, and I think, and we talked about this before we got online, I think the looking tropical is all about, for the mainland people, I think it's about 
that connection because we know we're so cut off. You know, even though we eat the same foods, they don't taste the same. Um, it's very different to go to your backyard and get a little bit of recaito or, or cilantro. And it's another thing to go to the supermarket and get it and you put it in and it's not going to taste the same. But, you know, we eat the same foods. We like to listen to a lot of the same music. We still, I don't, I don't stop listening to Hector Lavoe because I want to listen to the Sisters of Mercy. Some days it's an Hector Lavoe day. Some days it's a Sisters of Mercy day. You know, it's just, you know, we have a lot in our bag of tricks, I think, as Puerto Ricans, because the different cultures and then the influence of the American culture and whatever that means, you know. um, Definitely. You know, I I actually, I, during the quarantine, I uploaded a video of myself uh, dancing salsa and you know not a lot of people know this but i do love dancing salsa that's like i love salsa music um i grew up with it my dad is like a huge uh salsa music collector so i grew up like listening to this music and it's definitely part of me you know and i love it and i embrace it um i have a friend that calls me la morcielaga tropical (laughs) tropical bat um and that's like, I, that name kind of stick with me, you know, because I'm like, like this dark creature in this tropical island. And I love my, you know, my tropical surroundings, but I'm not like, uh, you know, I feel like I'm in tune with my, with my roots and my tropical surroundings. And I love like this whole, like we were talking about um, the rituals and the stuff that Tainos used to do and like, uh, Africans used to do and I know that dancing is definitely like very important in this culture and I love dancing and getting lost in music you know that's definitely one of my favorite things in the world um so I do have that tropical inside me it just doesn't reflect to how I present myself um but there's definitely this surprise element when people see me dancing salsa or something, they're like, what? what? I, n- I never would have thought that you danced salsa. And I remember going uh, dancing with my dad when I was like in first uh, year of uh, university, when I, when I started college and people would look at me like, what? <laughs> Cause I would be like all dressed in black with my black hair and like, uh boots and stuff and i started like dancing salsa like very very nicely you know and people were like how like what how do you dance like that well my dad is a uh, salsa instructor so i've had this like my whole life um in me you know and i love it but it's you know i don't feel less puerto rican because i dress in black you know what i mean like i don't feel less puerto rican because i look a certain way because i'm white you know because uh, like you said we look a bunch of ways and we speak a bunch of ways and we definitely love different things um but i'm yeah i'm i'm like a hundred percent puerto rican and i love being puerto rican and i love this island even though i have I do have a love-hate relationship with it because, you know, mosquitoes and the heat and all of that. But other than that, you know, this is a very cool and amazing island. And I love uh, having the privilege of living here um, and exploring the land and like being here all the time. It's it's amazing. Um, so, yeah. I, I'm sorry. I get lost, like, talking. <laughs> I love it. No, are you kidding me? This is fantastic. I'm, like, absorbing everything. <laughs> so you mentioned rituals. So my question is, do you consider yourself a witch? 
Um, I don't like, I don't call myself a witch. I guess that if we get into talking and into the things we love and the things we do and how we see things in the world, you might call me a witch, um, most probably. Um, and I do have a bunch of, you know, like all my friends refer to me as, as a witch. And um, I do have a lot of friends that are in the same page as me and we practice the same things. Um, but I don't call myself a witch because like I said, I don't know if it's a cultural thing or what, but you know, we, we do have, like, I feel like I do have so many things in, in my system that I can't just be one thing, you know, I am a whole spectrum of things. You know, I, I follow what I feel makes me feel fulfilled and what I feel helps others and what I feel, uh, is going to give a positive, um, like a positive outcome. Um, I don't necessarily like practice Wicca per se, uh, but I do believe a lot of things and I do um, practice a lot of, of rituals and stuff. So I don't know, maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe I, I am, um, maybe I'm a weird kind of witch. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I feel like a lot of people are in the same page as me when it comes to not being specifically, uh, you know, following a specific religion per se, but like branching out and like making the best out of all we know. Um, cause like I said, you know, I was raised in a Catholic uh, environment. I went to Catholic school my whole life. Um, I went to school with nuns. And then, uh, you know, I obviously have learned hate from that uh, religion per se, because there's so much uh, fear that is like gotten into us when we were kids, you know, your, your religion, mostly based in fear and then like you can't do certain things and you can't look a certain way and you can't uh express yourself a certain way you can't love a certain way um so it definitely you know that that being the way that i was raised versus the way that i see life and the way that i uh live my life uh right now at my 34 years um it's definitely you know we have a little bit of of a lot of things my my grandmother was santera um but my other grandparents were like very catholic um there's there's a huge variety of things um that i feel like i've embraced like i just can't embrace one thing i have to embrace everything that i am and embracing everything that i am is you know embracing that catholic background embracing that santeria background embracing uh the whole witchcraft and whatever you know embracing my connection with nature and my connection with the moon and my connection with myself and and with earth and everything you know it's 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 a bunch of things, you know, a bunch of energy and a bunch of things like in me that I embrace fully.
Sally's telling me that because um, we have this friend that she's like my favorite witch. Uh, she's a tarot reader, and she when she met me, she was like, "You're definitely a witch, dude. Like, there's nothing like I don't even have to not, talk to you. You know, uh, you are a hundred percent. You know, fully full on witch." Um, and that was like, why, why would you say that? You know, cause I'm always curious to, to see what people think of me. And even you invited me to the, this um, podcast because you saw something in me, you know? <laughs> so yeah. um, I definitely feel like I do embrace everything that I am very well. And I am very proud of what I am as a, as a whole, you know, as a, a whole, everything that surrounds me and everything that I've learned in my life and everything that I've probably learned in past lives as well. Um, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, that, I think that's, I love that answer because I think it's so much about what we talk about on this podcast. Right. And I think many people have this idea that to be a witch, you have to be Wiccan and that's it. And then it's like, and a lot of people still won't accept other people who don't say they're Wiccan or haven't gone through a traditional, you know, yeah. being initiated and all this stuff. And I remember when we started the podcast, I said, uh, you know, we had to introduce ourselves and I'm like, okay, I'm an eclectic Wiccan. And then I was like, I'm an eclectic witch. Then I'm like, okay, I'm an eclectic bruja. Like I was just like, as you keep evolving in your yeah. practice, the more you realize why are we giving so much power to these people who are like, you must be Wiccan and just say, um, okay, that's good for you. That works for yeah. you awesome. Exactly. But I'm a whole bunch of other things. And the more you learn, the more you incorporate that. And exactly. I also have met a lot of witches that are using the term witch as a political statement. Like I am not the type of woman who's just going to keep quiet. I am a witch, you know, exactly. that kind of witch as well. And I yeah. think that's just as valid if people say, well, no, 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 I don't even, I'm not even spiritual. I'm, I'm atheist or whatever, but I'm a witch because, you know, and I'm like, yeah, you go with that, that title. So yeah. I think that it's starting to starting to like change people are starting to accept that which can be so many more different things and i just think we exactly. have to which is why i like asking people you know do you consider yourself a witch because i think there's somebody out there listening who's gonna go wait a minute that's I'm like that you know <laughs> yeah. yeah i did a class for the wda um and it turned out everybody there was already a witch they just didn't say they didn't call themselves that because they felt somebody needed to tell them that they were, that it was okay, you know? And the more stories came out, I'm like, okay, so this is all in your family. Like, this is your hereditary. Like, you're doing your own thing. Like, that works. Like, yeah. that's beautiful. And one person said to me, oh, really? Like, that's okay. Like, I don't have to, I'm like, you don't have to change anything. Like, you're a witch, you know? And it really shocked me that so many people were so insecure. I'm not saying you're insecure. I'm saying so, so many people that are out there that might be doing something aren't aware, you know what I mean? Like you're very aware that, you know, you have all these things around you and that you're incorporating them all. But a lot of people feel like that's wrong. Like I, I shouldn't do that. I shouldn't listen to my gut or, or my history. So I think the more people like you that say that, yeah, it helps people to say, yeah, I can embrace this too, you know? Definitely. Um, you know, I was, uh, you know, a good example of, of being a lot of things and embracing all the things that you are. I love, you know, Walter Mercado. Oh my Walter God. Mercado, you know, he's, uh, he was um, this creature of light and he would embrace like all the things, you know, 
you would see his house and he will have a baby Jesus statue next to a Buddha statue, you know, because he would embrace everything that would somehow give him peace and the energy that he was looking for. You know, he was a, an astrologer, uh, yet he had like this very uh, religious imageries in his house as well, you know, because it, it, I feel like we all see different things that represent something to us, um, not necessarily having a cross um, in my wall, like I have right now, I have a cross on my wall, not having a cross on my wall. To me, it's not about, uh, being a Christian. It's about connecting to my past and about what I have learned through this Catholicism, you know, um, not necessarily being something I will follow through with, you know, it's not something mm -hmm. that I will, you know, I'm not a Catholic at all. Um, but I definitely have that in my background and I definitely have like a lot of influence of Catholics in my system because I grew like that and that's not something you can delete from your life, you know. Um, I've learned so much from different religions. I've been in touch with a lot of people throughout my life and uh, I've had people who are a, like Christians like that follow like Pentecostales, Evangelicos, say, Catolicos, like from a huge range of religions and they're all like very different but at the same time they're very similar and I feel like at the end of the day all religions are looking for a way of doing things better and doing good so at the end of the day, if that's your per like if that's what you're looking for, it doesn't matter like how you present yourself, you know, in if you are like in tune what with what you want to communicate and if you're in tune with what you are as a human, um, then you definitely don't need to check like all the boxes like, oh, I'm a Wiccan because I do this and that, you know, I'm a witch because I do this and that. And I do these rituals. I burn candles and I burn incense and I pray to the moon. Then I must be a witch, you know, because uh, I feel like a lot of people expect you to check all the boxes. Like, I don't know how to do tarot readings. I get them done by someone else, but I don't know how to do them. And that's something that whenever I say like, no, I don't know how to read tarot. <gasps> you don't know how to read tarot. And I'm like, no, I don't, you know? So that's definitely, you know, there are things that I feel like there's uh, some expectations about what a witch has to uh, be and the box it that it should, you know, check. Like I should dress all in black, for example, or I should, um, do rituals whenever uh, a new holiday is coming up, you know, Beltane and like all of that. Um, and that's definitely something that I do practice, but I don't necessarily, I'm very vocal about, I don't post 
my rituals on Instagram, for example. And I know that a lot of people expect that kind of thing from a witch, you know, because they're like, oh, if you're a witch, you must do this and that. And I feel like there's so much more to being a magical being than just checking boxes, you know? There's, I love that. Yeah, there's a lot of things energy-wise, spiritually-wise, that make you the person you are other than, you know, having to check all these boxes. Like, you have to do this and that. It's the same with, with women, you know? You're women, you have to wear makeup, you have to wear heels, you, wear to, you have to wear dresses, you have to have your hair a certain way, you can't have, you know, all those things to me are so old school, you know, <laughs> you yeah. can, you're so much more than checking boxes and like having to comply with a certain agenda to be a woman or to be a witch, you know, or to be a spiritual person, you know, there's so much more than the boxes. That's, that's how I view things, you know, and I do have for example, my rituals that make me feel good and make me feel fulfilled. And I do have my prayers that make me feel fulfilled and make me feel good. And I have uh, my way of sharing my energy with people and receiving energy that are definitely, you know, I definitely feel uh, magic, you know, and, and that love that we share it's magical you know there's there's no not much more to to say when it comes to that you know it's it's a, a it's an experience it's beauty it's everything you know it's it's what we are as a whole yeah and, and i know exactly what you mean about tarot people people will send me messages like look what card came up today and i go i don't know what that means ask yeah. gemini I mean, Gemini reads tarot. I don't read tarot. Or I've actually had students, I don't talk about it, but students just know. I mean, it's really funny how students just know. And they'll come in and they'll go, what does this crystal mean? I'm like, I don't know. Look it up. Yeah. Like, I yeah. don't, I have crystals. People have given me crystals. There are crystals I work with. That's it. I can probably name five crystals that I work with. I don't know all the crystals. <laughs> I'm not studying all the crystals. But you're right. There's this expectation then once people assume this about you, they're going to ask you these different things. And yeah. I also think that's why I've never studied tarot cards. I do other divination, but not that because I feel like, well, you have to do this. Right. And it's like, I don't want it. Just like if you might love a book, but the minute you tell me you have to read it, guess what? I'm never reading it. That's yeah, a sure exactly. way to never get me to read a book. Exactly. You know? It so, shouldn't, to me, it's like, it shouldn't be about rules. You know, you shouldn't have like, rules that make you or not you know something it's it's much more than that you know it's much more than reading tarot it's much more than lighting a candle it's much more than than reading a, a witchcraft book you know it's it's about sensations it's about communication it's about understanding it's about energy it's about a lot of things that involve you being you know light basically um, so it's very, uh, it's a very like complex thing in my head. It's not just like doing this and that and calling myself, uh, a witch because I do certain things, you know, it's much more that to me, it's like, I am this person, uh, I'm in this body and I have this, um, right. This, this 
sense of what I am and what I want to be and what I want to give people and what I want to share with the world. And it's, it's just more about that and how these things help me get there. You know, these rituals help me find peace. They help me meditate. They help me get in tune with myself. They help me get in tune with nature. They help me, you know, in, in different ways. And that's what I embrace mostly. Uh, how these rituals and tools will help me either, um, like, oh my God, English is not my first language. So I'm like, communicate with, you know, other people and communicate with myself. That's how I see the whole like witchcraft and rituals thing that come, that's how they come in hand to me, you know, for communicating with myself, for communicating with others, for finding uh, something that I might be missing in myself or in the world, you know, in the, with all the things that are going on right now, you know, um, there's definitely, uh, you have to like stop and take time to connect. And these tools help you connect with whatever you're trying to connect. So um, that's how I, I view all of this. Uh, witchcraft and rituals and stuff. Well, all I know is that if you ever start your own podcast, we're in trouble because that was like, I could spend like episode after episode just talking about this with you. So we're in no, trouble. So, so yeah, stay with makeup, please, because that's, oh my God. Um, <laughs> um, what do you think has been the hardest part of having your own business and what has been like the most beautiful part? I think the toughest part has been kind of finding a way to separate my personal life from my business. Um, you know, my business partner is also my life partner. So we are together 24 uh, seven. Sometimes we go to work in the morning and we come back and we will still be working until 2 a.m., you know, We've been like, sometimes we stop and we say like, we've been talking about products and stuff for like almost 24 hours. Like we've been like so immersed in the company and in, in, in the business and trying to keep it afloat and keep growing um, that it definitely sometimes takes a toll on us like mentally and like, oh, we're so tired and you know, our energies go down and like, we, we have to like take a breather and like, okay, we need to stop working for a little bit. Cause you know, even my son right now that we are doing like this whole like online classes, mm -hmm. I have a 13 year old son and my son is with me 24 seven as well. Cause he's studying like right next to me. So I can't, like it, it's difficult sometimes to separate work from personal life. And that's, I think the most challenging thing, the most beautiful thing about having our company is that we've been able to connect with so many amazing people around the world. Like 
we met you at oddities um we've been like we've known so much like we've met so many people uh from around the world that we've made like valuable and beautiful connections with um that have become our friends that worry about us that call us that you know are always on the lookout for us and that's definitely the most rewarding thing at the end of the day it's not how much we sell or how much we like how many countries we we sell our products to it's more about what we've gained emotionally from all of this you know we we have a huge uh amount of people that care for us and we care for them and we've developed this really cool um way of communicating with our customers for example the fact that we don't have any uh employees because we still don't have any employees uh helps us you know communicate with everyone because we have to answer emails we have to answer questions we have to uh have uh chats with with certain people you know if we're going to do business you're going to be talking with us you're going to be expecting an email from us you know we are the ones behind everything so that definitely has been a beautiful thing to be able to meet so many amazing people from around the world and sharing stories uh and sharing life with with people you know you talked about something that is really the way i see things we're not a bunch of like countries we're a planet you know we're all here and uh definitely covid was a slap in the face in that aspect you know because we saw how this thing went from one place to the whole world and in 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 months it was spread around the entire world and that's everything really you know with the internet and all we have like this capacity of of communicating beyond our circle of close people and that to me is you know necromancy has given me the opportunity of growing in a lot of aspects and i definitely feel like being in tune with um this business person that i am now and you know meeting all these great people and having uh you know being in touch with people that love and that hate my brand because there's you know everything there's people you know that that love necromancy and there's people that don't um but i learned from that people as well you know as much as i learned from the people that love our brand so to me uh the most beautiful thing about having this brand is definitely you know learning and being able to to learn from people and to you know get energy from people and and like the everything that the universe has given me because the opportunity that i've had because i have this brand that i know that i wouldn't have had this opportunity of meeting such cool people like yourself if i were still working at retail you know so i'm definitely uh very very privileged to be able to have a brand and uh have the support of a lot of people that think alike and that um definitely you know support us and 
I don't know. It's, it's just an amazing thing overall. I, I really am grateful. And even if, you know, something happened, I hope not, but you know, if something happened that my brand were not to exist anymore, um, I know that the connections I've made through life are, uh, you know, are going to be there forever. So that's the most valuable thing at the end of the day. It's not just having a business is what we've gained from that, that has helped us grow like spiritually, emotionally, and as people, you know, as, as people just. And that's not it. I mean, I know people are thinking, okay, so here's this really dedicated business person and doing great, but you also have something else, cats of necromancy. Oh yeah. We have to talk about the cats of necromancy (laughs) and how you've just helped. So people who don't know, Puerto Rico has a big problem with feral cats and dogs that are just, I mean, it's really sad to see them because they're just kind of trying to fend for themselves. And you have taken it upon yourself, you and Zal, to like help as many cats as you can. So tell me about cats of necromancy. So cats of necromancy started as soon as we started um, working on the shop when we uh, rented the space where we have the shop right now, we realized that in front of our space, there were like over 50 cats that weren't spayed. Um, And they were just like, you would see them get pregnant and have kittens and then get pregnant again and then have kittens. And when we saw this, we were like, okay, we have to do something about it. We can't just, cause we started feeding them, but then it was like, we have to do something else. It's not like feeding them is going to stop them from, you know, getting like, it gets out of control because, you know, cats can give birth a ton of times during a year. So, um, you know, it became something that we were aware and we wanted to do something about it. We've always loved animals. I am a very, a uh, passionate person about animal rights, always have been. Uh, so that's why we are a cruelty-free brand and a vegan brand since the very beginning because it was something that was very important to me. But then when I saw the amount of cats that were living on the streets and unvaccinated and no one was taking care of them i was like okay we need to do something about it so sala and i started cats of necromancy where we started a tnr program in our street uh we would take them to the vet and get them spayed and then uh, release them back to the colony um and then we started taking some of the kittens and putting them up for adoption and now you know we've worked with so many cats like throughout the years uh i have lost count of how many cats we've we've spayed but it's over 60 cats just ourselves um in in our street and there's so many cats that we found houses for and thanks to what we were doing in Rio Piedras, other uh, group of people that were also like feeding cat community cats in their areas we came together and did a bigger group. Uh, so we do have Cats of Necromancy, which is not, um, it's, we're not, uh, una sin fines de lucro. Oh, a uh, nonprofit? 
Aha, we're not a nonprofit. We don't have a, like a legal organization. We just do this because we love the animals and we want to help them. Uh, but I helped this bigger group uh, become a nonprofit and we, uh, I am part of that group as well, which is Rescatistas de Rio Piedras, which is rescuers of Rio Piedras. Um, and with the rescuers, we've been able to spay out over a thousand cats in Rio Piedras wow. alone. And we're talking about Rio Piedras alone, you know, we're not talking about San Juan because San Juan is like crazy full of cats. Uh, but we've had to concentrate in our area in order to be effective because um, if we start like taking cats from everywhere, like all around, it's not going to have a big impact, you know, and we want to create big impacts. For example, we've seen how our colony from having 50 plus cats, we're now down to probably 20. Mm -hmm. uh, because we've found houses for some of them. Unfortunately, we've lost a couple of them. Uh, yesterday, one of our cats uh, from the colony got run over and was killed uh, by a car. And, you know, those things happen all the time. And it's very unfortunate and sad. And we, you know, get like all depressed whenever something like that happens, but we have to see the macro of it. You know, we are helping tons of cats. We are trying to do the best we can and we try to give them the best life that we can uh you know with things that are in our control like we feed them every day two times a day uh sometimes we say the cats eat better than we do um because we're like always you know uh on the lookout for them we go to the shop every day so we're always like counting to see that they're all good and if we're missing a cat we're like where could that cat be what's happening what happened to this cat blah 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 you know and there's a lot of other people in the community that have come uh together to keep doing this amazing labor so i feel like um cats of necromancy has become a beautiful project uh it's sad sometimes we've lost cats that we we've loved dearly you know we had bully who was uh killed uh this year at the beginning of this year and we cried for her like if if she was like ours like one of ours in in our home you know and, and i wasn't able even to pet her but she was so special to me she was always like in front of the store and i have so many pictures of her like in the stairs of the store um and she was to me like she was our, our protector you know uh, we definitely lost uh, a beautiful creature when she when she died, but um, there's so many special kitties and we just love helping them as much as we can. We currently have four fosters. Um, we do have we do foster cats and kittens uh, in, you know, trying to find them homes, but we do have two that are kind of difficult because they're like super shy. And unfortunately people here in Puerto Rico are very like anti-cats. Uh, unfortunately, I, I feel like it's kind of a religion thing. Uh, people associate cats with the devil for some reason. And uh, a lot of people uh, refer to cats like evil and like pests as if they were like 
cockroaches or something. So it's very difficult to give them up for adoption. And if they're like kind of shy, it's almost impossible because if someone likes cats, they want lap cats, you know, they want them to be like on the lap and like purring and like uh, loving kitties, you know, and not all the cats are like that. And we want to give opportunity to cats that are shy, but are sweet. Um, and, you know, we have two cats that have been with us for over a year that are still looking for their forever home. And we have other two that one of them has been with us since November. And the other one we rescued at the beginning of this year, but she's getting adopted hopefully soon by a friend. So, you know, it's a, it's a very, um, it's a very fun project, uh, you know, working with cats and socializing them and trying to find them homes and stuff. Uh, it's a very rewarding thing to me. It's the most rewarding thing in the world to see one of our rescues uh, in a home where it's loved and it's respected and it's, uh, it has food and water and a bed to sleep in, you know, that's the most rewarding thing, uh, ever. So we do, you know, we do dedicate a lot of time to the cats. Uh, we do have eight cats, seven, which were rescued from the front of the shop, uh, so yeah, we do like, we do immerse ourselves into cats of necromancy sometimes a little too much uh, because it's really, it's really important to us. It's really beautiful. Um, we do have a couple of uh, projects going on. Uh, Sal is now uh, one of the community leaders. He's like representing the, the business community in our area. So we're trying to get like that help to work with um, El Municipio uh, to have them install like speed bumps and stuff, you know, having in mind what happened yesterday with one of our colony cats. Um, and that's, you know, what we try to take all these sad things that happen uh, and turn them into an opportunity to better their lives, you know? Um, like when, when we had a couple of cats that were poisoned um, by some people, unfortunately, and we started like, yeah, there's, there's, there's evil in the, in the community as well, unfortunately. Um, but, you know, we, take, we took that opportunity to start like giving out flyers about, you know, the importance of community cats and how they help, you know, the environment and how they help the areas to keep clean and all that stuff. We try to do events to uh, give some information, you know, educational uh, information about community cats, about TNR and stuff like that. So we are very like involved in the in the whole like bettering the feral cat community in Puerto Rico because there's so many so many cats on the streets um, and there's a lot of organizations that work with dogs but not with cats because like I said it's it's more difficult you know I talked to a friend that has a shelter in Cabo Rojo and she was telling me that she would post something about a dog like I, I will post uh, a dog with a fractured bone and people will send me thousands of dollars in donations. I will post a cat that is almost dying and no one will donate. Like, 
it's crazy. You know, people here don't appreciate cats like at all. And you can hear them saying like, oh, just, you know, kill them all because, you know, there are so many cats and like you just have to like kill them all. And I'm like, oh, my God, you know, it's it's so crazy that people have that mindset, unfortunately. So we're trying to work on the educational side as well. Um, right now we have uh, an idea of doing a couple of murals about cats or um, like around Rio Piedras, which are like educational and talk about TNR and community cats and how cats help and all this stuff to see if that, you know, starts opening a couple of eyes. I know that a lot of people don't like cats because they've never had one. Cats are the best. So, you know, you just have to have a cat. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone should have a cat. <laughs> I had no idea about what was going on with the, the, the mentality behind cats oh, yeah. in Puerto Rico. And because yeah, yeah. my family, we've had cats, we've had dogs. I mean, there's, I never heard anybody say, let's kill the cats or the cats are oh, evil or yeah. anything like we that. So that's that why it's like, oh my God, mm-hmm. that's, that's shocking. I have a 16 year old dachshund. That's all I can have right now because he is very possessive and I can't have any other animals because he hates everything. He's like okay. a little old man <laughs> who's very cranky. And like, he doesn't see very well and he doesn't hear very well. So um, I take, he's like lying right there. So I take him out and like another dog will come up and I'm like, I tell the owner, please don't. Like he's, he's old and cranky. Just <laughs> like, no. And you know, if we walk by somebody's house and there's a cat and we have cats that like people will let them out and they'll like go out or whatever. And whenever I see them, like as soon as I come out first and go, you gotta go. I said, he's old. just, just keep going. I said, he's oh, old and he's just going to be. He's going to be upset. Like, I don't need this right now. He's got a heart thing. Maybe a hito. I'm like, no, no, just, Aww. you know, but um, yeah, but yeah, I, I think you're right. I think people who have never had a pet, cat, dog, whatever, they don't, they don't know what they're missing. They're missing. Yep, exactly. That's how I feel. But so we're coming towards the end before I ask you about being able to stalk you. Um, is there anything you wish that I had asked? Anything you wish you could have talked about? I think we covered like a lot i talk so much (laughs) (laughs) i just keep talking about stuff we could we could do this forever i I have a feeling like there's going to be a part two to this conversation because i think we definitely need to do that for it absolutely so where can people so let's since we left off with the cats where can we tell people to go if they want to help out well we have uh right now we, we don't uh ask for money donations unless we have like a huge uh, vet bill, but we do ask for food, litter, and all the like cat toys and stuff. Uh, Cause we do have like fosters, like I said. Um, so you can go to uh, Cats of Necromancy on Instagram and there's going to be a wish list, an Amazon wish list, which where you can send us items uh, to help us, you know, keep uh, doing our labor. Um, we also, uh, receive stuff in our shop. You know, there's a couple of local people that come and bring us food or litter or like traps to be able to trap more cats and stuff like that. Um, whenever we are in need of something specific, like we need kitten food or we need dry food or stuff like that. We always post on Instagram. So definitely go follow cats of necromancy on Instagram. And then you'll get like a better idea of what we need in the moment. Um, we also encourage 
uh, checking out Seibagato in San Juan if people are like into helping other uh, community cats. Uh, Seibagato is definitely our, our number one nonprofit. So cats on Necromancy on Instagram. Awesome. And if people want to, and they should stalk Necromancy, what's the best way for them to see everything that's going on with you guys? Definitely Instagram as well, Necromancy Cosmetica. Uh, we do post every day. We're always sharing stories. We sometimes uh, share the process when we were making batches of lipsticks, uh, we, which is really cool. I know people like seeing that. Uh, we do share a lot of our beautiful customers on Instagram as well. So it's a, a really good way to see the products on different people, different skin tones, uh, different skills of, of makeup and stuff. Um, so definitely Instagram. They can also uh, follow us on Facebook and Twitter and TikTok and uh, Pinterest, everything Necromancy Cosmetica. Uh, but definitely Instagram is the platform that we use the most. Awesome. So the only thing I have left to say is this was a fantastic conversation. Thank you so much for doing this with us. And I look forward to talking to you again soon. Yeah, me too. So I'm, you know, I'm a, a Zoom call away from, <laughs> from the, uh, this fun gathering. Definitely thank you for, for inviting me to this amazing podcast. Um, I'm so psyched to be here and so happy to have gotten to talk to you more. Uh, I know that we've met a couple of times, but you know, we've met in very hectic situations in which I'm working and I'm like, Hey, hi. Uh, <laughs> But, you know, um, it's definitely really cool to have this one-on-one -on -one talk and, uh, you know, exchange point of views and stuff. It's really, really amazing. Uh, one of my favorite things to do. So thank you so much for this uh, very valuable time that I've spent on this Sunday morning. And we're back. And I've got to say, I am so jealous that I wasn't able to be here for this interview because... I love Des and I loved getting to listen to the conversations that you guys had, especially about this new palette that they launched, which I am obsessed with. Okay. It's gorgeous. I loved the way she was able to describe the story. Um, and I think that it really hits in a way that beauty hasn't hit in a while. You know, we don't have this like obsessive launch following like we did, as she mentioned in 2015. But this really gives you that desire. You want to have this product. You want to try it. It it gives you the opportunity to be dark and, you know, a, a little Scorpio. But it also gives you the opportunity to be more, you know, pastel-y and pink. Funny that you mentioned the pink because people do not associate me with pink. I don't associate myself with pink. And yet I am completely obsessed with the pink. Like I have done just the pink and like the beige and adding a little bit of the red to it and it, it, it just feel like it goes so well. So I feel like even if you are a dark person thinking, oh, there's a pink in there, this is the perfect pink for you. And if you like pink, here's just another shade that you're going to fall in love with. To die for, absolutely and completely. And just fantastic to be able to listen to, to Des talk about, you know, the logic and the stories that go into it and, and the things that are important to her. Because I think now... We want to be connected to the products that we're buying in a way that we haven't been before. And it's so nice to really get to listen to this conversation and understand everything that goes into it. 
Um, and it's nice to know that we're also helping out a woman of color owned business, that we're helping out a company from Puerto Rico. We're helping out people who are giving back to their community with their cat rescues. It makes you feel good to own this product. Absolutely. You know, um, I love this company. Knowing that it was from Puerto Rico was definitely an added bonus. And then getting to meet her um, and her partner, Zal, you know, just randomly and then getting to talk to them. They were people that I thought were really cool. But now getting to speak to her, I said to her, I said, you know, I always felt we were friendly and now I feel like I've made a friend and she's just an amazing person. I would love to have her back. Um, she could always talk about necromancy, but I would love to have her back just to talk about um, her view on witchcraft. I think that she's really insightful. And that's the other thing about these brands. When you buy small, right, from a small business, you know, she mentioned it. Um, they do everything. When you write to Necromancy, you are talking to her or Zal. Like, it's not some employee. Um, and when you hear her talk about the creation of the names of the palette, I mean, just the whole palette in general, but just the creation of the names, you know, it gives you a sense of why you should buy small. Because this is not just, I'm going to make makeup and I'm going to make tons of money. This is a passion. Mm -hmm. This is a love. And she's somebody in our community. You know, so I can't stress that enough, whether you are a witch or you're witch adjacent. When witches go to spend their money, where are we putting our money? To somebody who wants to sell to us because it's cool or somebody who has a passion for what they're doing and is aligned with our community. And I think it makes all the difference. And I'm so glad that we were able to bring her to you so you could listen to her. You know, definitely reach out to them because they are so super friendly. They will answer all your questions about their line. Um, if you're feeling shy, reach out to us. But we're definitely yes. going to post stuff on Instagram so that you can see more. And maybe some of us, photos of us wearing the makeup. I have, to, I have to force Gemini to come do my makeup because, like, I don't really do a lot. But she's really good. So hopefully she'll come over and you can see what she does with the palette on my face. And for those of you who have, you know, you heard our previous episode about the Glamour, uh, Glamour Magic by Deborah Castellano. For those of you who are doing what I'm doing, which is now trying to curate your look and really give yourself the time and space to feel beautiful and empower yourself, I strongly suggest getting a red lipstick from Necromancy Cosmetica. They've got a couple of different options. I think Bewitched is gorgeous. If you're not into like super, super red, you could go with Bonfire Dance, which kind of orangey. But there's something about putting on a red lipstick that is made with intention that just makes you feel like you can take on the world. And basically, we wanted to do these episodes because Beltane is nigh. And, you know, it's, it's another time to get in touch with your ancestors. The veil is thin. It's a time of fertility. So all those ideas that you have going, it's time to get them going. It's time to get yourself yeah. going. And, you know, whether that is with full on makeup or if that is just, you know, getting a good night's sleep, you should do anyway, and moisturizing that skin and just saying, I'm going out there and I'm going to conquer the world. This is your time. Do it. And on that note, thank you so much for listening to us. Thank you for, again, giving us the platform to bring you these interviews and to bring you these book reviews. We love getting to do it. We love hearing from you. Reach out via email, witchspaceco at gmail.com, or hit us up in the DMs on Instagram. Thank you so much to Sean McShane for our intro and outro music. And remember, if you're following the moons, you're following us. <laughs>